Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Your Daily Meds, where we're going to be meditating on God's Word for true medicine for every area of your life. I'd like to move into a subject today that kind of tags on yesterday's podcast. So yesterday we were talking about the gospel and what the gospel actually is. And I was pointing out that it's not whatever we want to believe. There's not a hundred different versions of the message. There's only one real message that is called the gospel. Yes, it's the good news of the person of Jesus Christ. And we talked about this yesterday in length, that the, the good news surrounding Christ is the fact that he died on a cross for your sins. And that he was raised on the third day, giving us that promise of eternal life, that promise of, of a full redemption from the inside to the outside. You can listen to that if you want to hear more about it. But the gospel message is something that is believed. And then if it's believed, you receive eternal salvation. Yeah. And if it's rejected, there's condemnation. So it's very important that we understand what the gospel actually is, the message of the good news, and what that good news is that can save you from eternal death, yeah? And then it's important that we understand it so that we can share it, so that we can tell other people about what the gospel is, because that is the only message that's gonna bring people into the kingdom. And the next thing I wanna kinda move into is that after people get this message, and they've heard, okay, Jesus died for my sins. My sins are forgiven. And then he rose again on the third day and that proved that the forgiveness of my sins was complete because God raised him from the dead. That justification was, was complete on my behalf. Now I've, I've believed and I've said that Jesus is Lord. I've, I've confessed him that he's my savior, my Lord. And, and so now I'm a new creation. I'm born again of the spirit of God. Okay. Now moving forward, there's this person named James who writes in his book, in the Bible, in chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, and he's got a lot to say in, those, in that passage about how my faith must be accompanied by works. So I'm going to read a little bit of that to you right now. Okay, so James chapter 2, verse 14, he says, What use is it, my brothers and sisters? If someone says he has faith, but has no works, can that faith save him? Now that's kind of a scary question, right? It's a rhetorical question and the implication is no. No, the faith that doesn't have work to go with it can't save him. So as we're seeing this, this starts to make Christians a little uncomfortable because they now start going back to, well, what works do I need to have? to demonstrate that I really believe the gospel, 
right? Jesus, he, he died for me. He paid for my sins. I'm a born again, new creation, but James is telling me I have to have works. So what works do I have to have? How many works do I have to have? What do those works look like in order to prove that I have the faith in Christ that is the saving kind of faith? What I want to do is I want to, to give you the answer to the question, what work must go with my saving faith to ensure that I am a child of God forever. Okay. I'm going to give you this answer because I want the believer to be very satisfied and secure in who they are. As a matter of fact, we become very ineffective for the kingdom of God if we don't have this thing settled in us. So faith without works is dead. What work do I need to go with my saving faith? And the reason why I say saving faith is because we have different kinds of faith. You have faith in things, so I have faith in things, that are have nothing to do with your salvation, your eternal life. They have nothing. For example, you might have faith that God is a great supplier and he's, he's always there when you need him financially. You know, if you're struggling, you all, you just know that it doesn't, you're not worried about it because God always pulls through on your behalf. That faith that you have in God is going to have a byproduct. You as a believer, if you have a lot of faith in this area, you're going to have works that accompany it that look like peace and look like you know, good decision-making in these areas. And it's going to be something that has nothing to do with your eternal life. It's not a saving faith. And it's not a work that accompanies saving faith. It's just a work that accompanies your faith that God is a provider. And we have all manner of areas of faith in different things, in different ways, even things outside of anything to do with the Lord. You might have faith about, you know, how you got to exercise, the best kind of way to exercise. And you do these things and you are motivated to, to practice your exercising in a certain way because you believe that that's the best way to do it. So your faith will have a work that accompanies it. And we have all manner of areas that have nothing to do with our eternal life. But does, does that take away from faith without works is dead? And there is a faith that you need for eternal life. You need to have faith in the real gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have faith in that, there must be an accompanying work. And I know this because James teaches us that faith without works is dead. So let's answer the question of what is the work that accompanies that saving faith? Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. So Paul here, he's talking about how righteousness is, is now for everyone who believes. That's what he tells us in verse four. I'm not going to go back and read the whole thing, but he talks about righteousness is for everyone who believes. And then he expounds on this more starting in verse nine. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I want you to notice that there was two things that he said there. He said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. That's two things, confessing and believing that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then he explains it even further. He says, for with the heart, a person 
believes resulting in righteousness. All right. And he says, but with the mouth, he confesses resulting in salvation. So with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness. They believed that Jesus died for them, that Jesus bore the penalty for their sins. Then they believe that he is God in the flesh, paying the penalty of sin on their behalf, and that now they are forgiven of all their sins. They believed this. Yes, they believed onto Jesus as Lord, that he's owner. He's bought and paid for them with his blood. And this has resulted in them having righteousness because of their faith. But then it doesn't stop there. It says, and with the mouth, he confesses resulting in salvation. So there is an accompanying act that goes with your faith. When a person believes, they will confess as well. So let me just jump back real quick to James chapter 2. When he says in that verse 14, he says, what uses my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but has no works, can that faith save him? The answer is no. Can that faith save him? If a person has faith, they will have an accompanying work. And I'm talking about saving faith in Jesus Christ, that he is Lord and paid the penalty for their sins so that they could have eternal life. When they believe this, that when they have faith in that, they must have the accompanying work of confessing with their mouth that they believe these things. And that confession of faith, and it's not, it doesn't have to be a complicated confession. As the Apostle Paul goes on to explain here, and and drop down to verse 13, he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Simply calling on the name of Christ is your confession. It's a big enough confession for God to go along with your faith that you have in your heart. So you must have that faith in your heart and then call on the name of Jesus. And if you do those two things, you have done the faith and the work that accompanies that faith. And the deal is sealed. Yeah? Are you seeing it? James asks that question, can that faith save him? And the Apostle Paul tells us that with the mouth, one confesses resulting in salvation. So with that confession is the person being saved that results in salvation. All right, so maybe you're like, okay, well, I'm not really sure that talking, that's that's confessing something out of my mouth is a work. Like how, how can we justify that that's a work? Well, let me give you a verse in second Corinthians chapter four that goes along with this, the same kind of concept here. The apostle Paul is talking about some pretty deep stuff here. And then he goes in in verse uh, 13, he says, but having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. And he says, we also believe and therefore we also speak. So you see here that this faith thing comes with it a confession thing, a speaking thing. And there that is your work that goes along with your faith onto salvation. 
Yes, that's what he told us in, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. So one more one more piece of evidence. Of if you're still not convinced, you're like, yeah, but how do how is speaking, how is confessing a work? I want you to go back to Genesis and read the first couple of chapters of Genesis and look at what God does. What does it say about what the Lord does for the seventh day? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it says, By the seventh day God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Well, let me ask you, what was the work that God had been doing? Well, if you go back to Genesis chapter one, you read in verse two, it says, and the earth was formless and, and uh, desolate emptiness and the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And you go down and you find that God keeps speaking. Then God said, let there be then God said, let the waters, let, then God said, let there be lights. And he goes on. He, then God said over and over again, we see God speaking until we get to, to day seven. And then he rests from his work. So if God speaking is a work and we're made in his image, then you can better bet that our confession of our mouth is a work that will accompany our faith. Yes? So the if the next time somebody says to you, yeah, you know, but faith without works is dead. You say, you're absolutely right. The person who believes the gospel must also confess that Jesus is Lord. They must also call on the name of Jesus. And if they have that, that work to accompany it, then they have completed the faith and the works portion. Amen. So as you're meditating on God's word today, I hope I'm, I've satisfied this question for, for the believer that it, faith without works, what does that mean? How do I make sure that I've made it into the kingdom of God? And it's simple. It's as simple as this. If you believed onto Jesus Christ and you confessed him as Lord, you are saved. You have eternal salvation, eternal life, the gift of righteousness. You have the inheritance of the kingdom of God coming to you. And, and these are things that you can never lose. God will never take them from you. It is a permanent, eternal salvation. Amen. So as you're meditating on God's word and you're feeling that stability rise up in you, you be blessed today. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.